Listener supported. WNYC Studios. From WNYC Studios, I'm Brian Lehrer. This is my Daily Politics Podcast. It's Monday, October 2nd. Here are two translations from your parliamentary Congress speak to plain English dictionary. Continuing resolution means they passed a stopgap funding measure for a few weeks rather than a full year's budget, so we'll have more government shutdown drama in about six weeks. Motion to discharge translates as, wait, what? Most Republicans and most Democrats voted together to approve a continuing resolution rather than stay in their camps with no bipartisanship? Yes, that's what happened. And motion to vacate. Definition, well, that's not about going on vacation, though maybe they should. Motion to vacate means kick House Speaker out of his job because he wasn't Republican enough for the Republicans and certainly not Democrat enough for the Democrats, not Republican enough for Republicans like Matt Gates. Speaker McCarthy made an agreement with House conservatives in January, and since then he has been in brazen, repeated material breach of that agreement. Uh, this agreement that he made with Democrats uh, to really blow past a lot of the spending guardrails we'd set up is a last straw. And then overnight I learned that Kevin McCarthy had a secret deal with Democrats on Ukraine. Florida Congressman Matt Gates on CNN State of the Union with Jack Tapper, Jake Tapper yesterday. Gates from the far right of the party that wanted much bigger spending cuts than they got in the continuing resolution. How big? Just ask New York Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. They tried to cut across the board 30 percent mm-hmm. of the budgets of critical agencies like the Social Security Administration. They they voted some of the most moderate members, quote unquote, moderate members of the Republican Party, casted votes for things like 80 percent cuts under the Department of Education to low income schools. This is not a moderate party, period. There are not moderates in the Republican Party. There are just different degrees of fealty to Donald Trump. Uh, But it starts with a lot of fealty, and then it goes to extreme fealty. AOC, also on CNN with Jake Tapper on State of the Union. Democrats, by the way, will probably vote to vacate, vote to kick Kevin McCarthy out of his speaker's chair, along with Matt Gaetz, despite the weekend deal, unless McCarthy makes some very unusual power-sharing agreement. And still to be debated, funding for Ukraine, which did not get continued under the continuing resolution and will be considered separately. And that's where we start. In national politics today, with us now to explain the implications is Kadi Agoba, who covers Congress for the news organization Semaphore. She previously worked for BuzzFeed News, covering national politics with a focus on the Republican Party. Before that, she covered congressional Democrats for Axios, shows she's been covering both sides here. And uh, as her bio page notes, Kadi Agoba is from Brooklyn, where she covered local politics before moving to Washington. Kadia, thanks for coming on after you uh, had to pay attention, I guess, to the news all weekend while the sun was shining in D.C. and even in your hometown of Brooklyn after Friday's monsoon. Welcome back to WNYC. Thank you for having me, Brian. And I think our listeners know by now some of the basics, like that Speaker McCarthy did this very rare thing 
letting a majority of Republicans vote with a majority of Democrats for a compromise measure to keep the government funded, freezing out dozens of his own party members who disapproved. He may lose his speakership over that, and we'll get to that. But what did they want to cut? Did AOC get it about right in that clip, what they staved off? So that's negotiable or still up for debate. The idea is that Republicans, or I should say the far right of the party in Congress, they are adamant about passing spending gap, spending limits at $1.47 trillion. This is a few years a spending limit that was used a few years old. So yeah, you imagine because of inflation, because just things in general start to cost more, that is essentially going to be a spending cut. I want to preface that once that, if, like you mentioned in your intro, they are going to go through this fight in 45 more days or 44 more days at this point. That number is going to change. Even if they pass it in the House, it's going to go to the Senate. And I would highly doubt that we're going to be at such such cuts. There might be some cuts. We, we will see. But the Senate is on a very different page from what House the House majority is talking about. And don't forget, once that bill goes to the Senate and comes back to the House, there has to be some negotiations. And that includes Democrats. Democrats don't want those kind of cuts. So I'd be very leery about, you know, suggesting that those cuts are going to remain. Right. And that was, I think, what she said they wanted and didn't get from the right wing of the party. But many people are describing McCarthy's deal with the Democrats as a surprise turnaround when they thought he would not freeze out the Republican hardliners and risk his speakership. Uh, It is so unusual to go against, you know, that majority of the majority code of ethics or code of uh, politics, I guess, that both parties generally stick to. If you can't get your own party alone in the House to vote on something, then you just don't go there. Why did he do it? I think the key measure here is that Democrat uh, Republicans have a very small majority. There's about a four-person uh, gap between Republicans having the majority and Democrats being in the minority. And, you know, you just have to have bipartisanship going forward. McCarthy is going to constantly depend on Democrats to move anything across the board or anything that would actually pass muster in the Senate. So even at the risk of his speakership, which we see right now that Matt Gates is threatening that speakership, I think he just, it's impossible to get it across the Senate. So I have to say that the hard right was arguing why don't we go into this with the best, our best foot forward, having introduced the most conservative uh, uh, position? He's just—it doesn't seem like McCarthy is on board with that, and 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 again, making deals with Democrats is just his only way—the only way he's going to get anything, I guess, passed, and that means funding the government. The alternative would have been a shutdown just wouldn't look good for Republicans at this point or for Joe Biden at that at this point. How could both Joe Biden and Republicans be losers in that scenario? 
Yeah, that's a good question. If you are paying close attention, it is very clear that Republicans are just in disarray and they're fighting. However, there are a lot of talking points out there on the Republican side that are, you know, speaking to uh, conservative radio. I was talking to a young woman the other day who only watches, listens to Fox, and her point was that, oh, we can't fund the government because, you know, Joe Biden spent so much money. So there's something to say about narratives being spun out there on the Republican side that would give him some blame. We saw it or give President Biden some some blame here. Not to say that it's warranted. We saw McCarthy try to spin this a little bit last week when all of a sudden reporters were asking him questions and he started calling on the president, which had nothing to do with the negotiations right now in the House of Representatives. Am I seeing these numbers right from the weekend? 90 Republicans out of the 220 or so in the House voted against this continuing resolution? Yeah, so 91 Republicans. I mean, some of them obviously did. And it was actually, you're right, 90 Republicans and one Democrat. Some people are just fed up with this idea of continuing resolution. Let me explain what that means. In general, the Congress is supposed to go through regular order where they pass 12 separate appropriations bills. Those bills then go to the uh, Senate and then the two chambers negotiate. Well, for I'd say for the past 20 years, that hasn't happened. What happens is they wait to the last minute and to avoid a government shutdown after numerous continuing resolutions, they come up with an omnibus. Well, a lot of people are just fed up with that. And their point is that in an omnibus, you can sneak a whole bunch of secret funding inside or do marginal cuts that people aren't aware of, and they're just sick and tired of it. So their point was, we want to get this passed through regular order. That said, McCarthy should have started this all the way back in June and not maybe a week and a half ago when the House started to pass their uh, appropriations bills. So some of it was a vote of protest. Some people just don't like McCarthy. We'll see how some of this hashes out after they have the 45 days to pass the rest of these appropriations bills. And back to the parliamentary Congress speak to plain English dictionary for just a second, omnibus would be a big, huge spending bill that includes all 12 of those aspects of the federal government that would fund it for the full fiscal year. And the fiscal year does start each year on October 1st, which is why this is all happening right now, correct? That's absolutely right. Sometimes this legislation is is 4,000-page text. Who can read that? Sometimes they give people... 42, 48 hours to to read all the legislation. It's virtually impossible. And people just, members of Congress are just sick and tired of that. And they just want to go through regular order where this process is gone through meticulously as it has meant, as it was meant to be in the U.S. Congress. Yeah. But that 90 out of 220 or so, that's a lot more Republicans than the number we usually think of as Freedom Caucus or hardline right wing, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I would say 20 to members of freedom. There's about 40 members of the Freedom Caucus. Right. So if you include them, then there's an additional 30 people who probably are either unhappy with Kevin McCarthy um, are, as I mentioned, just want to vote in protest against a continuing resolution. Right. 
and uh, and want to vote in protest of the spending bill. Uh, I'm sorry, the spending cap, because remember, they didn't get their say with their this one point. The hard right did not get their say with the one point four seven one trillion dollars in in uh, as a spending cap. So yeah, when I when you talk to members of Congress, some of them push back. They're just they're just tired. They want and they want to address inflation and they want again to address this idea of regular order. They want to make sure the spending bills so they can go home and say, hey, we fixed the government. We we fixed Washington, D.C. You reported last week that the head of the Democratic Progressive Caucus in the House, Pramila Jayapal, I've only said that name a million times, said the Democrats would require some kind of power sharing arrangement if they agreed to form a coalition with McCarthy like the one they did form for the continuing resolution over the weekend for the stopgap measure. So did the Democrats get any kind of power sharing in exchange? So Ilhan Omar uh, suggested this. Pramila Jayapal said that she would not uh, vote for Speaker McCarthy. Now, this would be very unprecedented, right? And I, I, I can't imagine this happen, but I give it to Democrats for just shooting their shot and putting it out there and saying, hey, I'm going to start with this as a negotiating uh, uh, measure. Now, obviously, this is going to be up to leadership and whether or not, which means, you know, Hakeem Jeffries, Catherine Clark and Pete Aguilar, whether or not or how they maneuver all of this. But, you know, it is Democrats, especially now since McCarthy introduced the impeachment inquiry. I just don't see Democrats jumping to save him for just normal measure. They're going to want something back or in return. And they're going to want to negotiate it. And this was just members of the uh, Progressive Caucus putting it out there like, oh, let's start with, you know, a 50-50 uh uh, Power shit. sharing. Yeah. But before we even get to that going forward, just looking back to the last few days, only one Democrat out of more than 200 voted no on this stopgap deal. So why did the Dems agree to this at all, rather than let the Republicans crash the government for a while, which has historically hurt the Republicans in the next election? Well, I think it was important to they've been consistent that they did not want the government to shut down, especially how seeing how combative the House of Representatives is. No one predicted, no one could predict how long the government shutdown would last. Some people were saying it was going to last more than 30 days, which would be second to our last government shutdown. This, I, I think they were very, uh, Democrats specifically, were very out in the front about not shutting down the government, needing more time to negotiate these appropriations bill. Of course, they don't have as much power because they're not, they're not, they're in the minority, so they're not negotiating the actual bills. But I mean, I think shutting down, they felt shutting down the government would be detrimental. Looks like we'll be back for more brinksmanship about a shutdown in mid-November. But first, we're in for this new leadership drama right away. McCarthy's right flank, as we've been discussing, so unhappy with him over this continuing resolution that they're apparently going to bring up 
a vote to oust him. Here is Congressman Matt Gates again on CNN with Jake Tapper after being asked if he will file that motion known as a motion to vacate. I do intend to file a motion to vacate against Speaker McCarthy this week. I think we need to this rip week. off the Band-Aid. I think we need to move on with new leadership that can be trustworthy. So how does that work, Kadia? Can you explain what will actually happening now? Is it happening already today? We don't know. Well, it won't happen until they're in session. Um, today is a fly-in day, we call it. So members won't vote until 6 o'clock. So... Essentially, he introduces a motion to vacate, and that just means that he wants to fire the Speaker of the House. And let me take it back a few. Uh, During the Speaker's race, that was one of the prime negotiations. Republicans on the far right wanted to be able to bring one person or make wanted to let allow one person to be able to bring a motion to vacate to the floor. Typically, that has not been the case. Usually, you count on the the, the the majority lead, leader who works, you know, lock and step with the speaker. So the chances of that ever happening was just like, no. Well, they negotiated to be able, just in case they were unhappy with some of McCarthy's decisions, to be able to bring this motion to vacate. So what will happen is he will introduce it. The entire body will, will vote on it. Now, Democrats, as you mentioned, could vote present. Uh, therefore, lowering lowering the threshold, they could vote for Speaker McCarthy. They could vote for Hakeem Jeffries. I do see a scenario that no one is talking about, and that's introducing a motion to table, which would effectively stop the vote in its tracks. Huh. That would probably be more conducive for Democrats who say, I don't want to vote for Speaker McCarthy. But I assure you, those Democrats certainly don't want something someone on the further right of McCarthy either. So here they are on the record of they're not on the record of voting for him or against him, but they're on the vote. They're on the record for stopping a vote to oust him. Does that make sense? Yeah. A motion to table, meaning basically they're. You just said it, stopping the vote. So no vote to oust him would actually take place. And you think the Democrats, plus maybe some Republicans, have the power to do that? Yeah, I think so. The key is who will introduce it on the Republican side. All right. Uh, So here's the other scenario. And I think maybe you are ahead of most people on this, because the scenario that most people are talking about is kind of a binary, an either or, is that now that McCarthy played ball with the Democrats, to keep the government open, do Democrats feel they owe him their votes to at least save his speakership for the rest of this term in return? So here's an exchange about that, again, with Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez on CNN yesterday with Jake Tapper, who asked if she would vote for McCarthy to remain as speaker. My vote beginning this term for, for Speaker of the House was for Hakeem Jeffries, and I do not intend on voting for a Republican Speaker of the House, but... Uh, I believe that it's up to the Republican conference to determine their own leadership and deal with their own problems. But it's not up to Democrats to save Republicans, from themselves especially. So do you you think that there will be any Democrats that might vote to save McCarthy? I mean, I I certainly don't think that uh, we would expect to see that unless there's a real conversation between the Republican and Democratic caucuses and Republican and Democratic leadership about what that would mean. But I don't think we give up votes for free. And do you, but would you vote to vacate? Would you vote to get rid of McCarthy as would speaker? Would I cast that vote? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. So we have an AOC Matt Gates coalition, or really, if they don't vote to table like you were laying out before and just not have that vote, if they do have the vote to vacate, it seems like it will be the far right of the Republican Party and most of the Democrats. Yeah. Yeah. That I mean, that is exactly right. Progressives have been progressives have been you know, consistent that they will not in the past few days that they will not vote for they will vote to remove him. So if tabling and is it just the, you know, the left flank of the Democratic Party, AOC and other members of the squad and people like that? Or is it really most most Democrats or almost all the 200 plus Democrats in the House? Oh, no, I can't vote for a Republican for speaker. You know, we never do that. Yeah, um, a lot of them have actually have pivoted and said things like it's not our job to save the speaker, not saying whether or not or to save McCarthy, not saying whether or not how they would vote. Progressives like have been the most vocal about saying I will not vote for Kevin McCarthy. I will not save Kevin. I will not vote for Kevin McCarthy. But a lot of people are pivoting and saying that they won't vote for or they won't, it's not their job to save and, you know, leaving it up to leadership. Again, there's obviously that option for, there's obviously the option to save him or to have this joint venture or shared responsibility between Hakeem Jeffries and McCarthy. That would be so unprecedented and fun to cover. I just don't see. (laughs) Kadia Goba, congressional correspondent for Semaphore. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Brian Lehrer, a daily politics podcast, is an excerpt from my live daily radio show, The Brian Lehrer Show, on WNYC Radio, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern Time, if you want to listen live at WNYC.org. Thanks for listening today. Talk to you next time.